0: Welcome to Freedom Fellowship. You can follow us online at cometofreedom.com. My dad loves preaching verse-by-verse studies of the Word of God, giving its full counsel. His studies pay particular attention to the practical application, contemporary examples, and incorporates the Word into our daily lives. Enjoy today's sermon from the Book of Exodus. Make sure to subscribe right now so you don't miss any future teachings. I'm going to warn you guys ahead of time. I'm feeling a little preachy this morning, and it's not because I finally got to wear flannel. Um, Do you guys know that our God is just really good? We serve an awesome God, and His Word, even as we've been going through Exodus again, guys, in considering this Old Testament law, we know that these things, now we're in the law of Moses. We looked at the Ten Commandments, The law of God that was given to all people for all times. But now he's laying out things concerning his people Israel and what is right for them to do. And I want you guys to understand as we begin to go through the law of Moses that there's things that God lays out for you and I. Yeah, that's for the children of Israel. (laughs) But there was a purpose behind him telling his people to live in such a way. And there is much that we can glean and learn. And we get to know, and again, I've told you this over and over again, when we look to the Old Testament, we read the Torah and the law, if we miss the heart of our Heavenly Father and his character, you're going to miss the purpose of the law altogether. So I'm hoping, guys, that we are able to look to Jesus rightly and understand the heart of God as we go through this Uh, text this morning in Exodus 22 because as we go through this we're going to see that God has a heart for many well really all people do you guys know that everyone matters to God that's his heart and that's going to come out of Exodus 22 and that's something the world really struggles with a lot of the world is into this racism or caste system or hey I'm white collar and you are not you know we haven't learned you think we would have evolved by now by the way evolution pfft. i mean there's many changes but we wonder why hasn't there been radical change there isn't radical change until a person comes to know jesus and they're born again in the spirit all things become new then you can rightly love people the way god has created us to love And do you guys know in the garden, everything was the way God wanted it? He saw it, it was good, but there was a fall. And I just spoke of Jesus coming back one day. Do you know when he comes back and kicks butt? He's going to rule and reign in Jerusalem and he's going to set everything straight and things will go back to the way it was in the garden. We can't wait for that day. But in between, man, there is tension, there is struggle. Who seeks the Lord? Right, We are his creation, but we all want to do our own thing. We all have our own opinions. But as we read during prayer this morning in Psalm 34, man, God has good for those that fear him. Man, he will give good things to those who seek him. And that is so true. I think we could testify all day long to that truth. But that's what we get to do as we gather this morning, as we look to his word. And that's why we take his word so serious here at Freedom. Okay, Who cares what we think? What does God have to say? So, a couple of verses before we jump into Exodus 22. If you look at me, or with me here to Matthew chapter 4, verse 23, Jesus says this. He went about Galilee, and what was he doing? He was teaching, okay? That's what Jesus was doing. He was teaching. Why do we give such priority to teaching? Because that's what God's asked the church to do. Hey, preach my word. Equip the saints for the work of the ministry, Well, pastor, isn't that why we pay you? Aren't you the one who's supposed to be doing the work? No. My job is to equip you guys to do the work of the ministry. And just think, if every Christian took their call serious, we're all ministers. The priesthood of God, Martin Luther, that's one thing I like about him. He's kind of goofy on some things, but Martin Luther talked about the priesthood of all believers we need to recognize, man. If you are born again of the Spirit of God, you've been given a ministry. It's a ministry of reconciliation, and God is giving you gifts. And I want to talk to this real quickly because we've been studying through Corinthians, and we've been considering over the last few months the gifts of the Spirit. Okay, there are natural abilities that God's given us, and there's the supernatural abilities. But God will take whatever gifts we have, and He will go beyond those gifts. If we step out and say, yeah, God, use me. You're calling me to this. You've gifted me to do it, but I don't see how it's going to work. He's going to exceed any gift that we have. He's just asking us to be a part co-laborer of what he's doing because he gets the glory in it all. So I want to encourage you guys, be teachable. When you come on Sundays, pray, God, open my heart. Let me receive and learn from you. When you open your word in the mornings and your devotions, God, what do you have to teach me today? Lord, even in this hard stuff, Michelle's mom passed away this last week. It's a hard thing to lose a parent, right? What do you want to teach me through this? I just got word I got cancer. Again, God, what do you want to teach me through this? And I don't know about you guys, when we walk through things in life, no matter what it is, he's always teaching us things. But it's so cool when we open his word, because when Jesus speaks, he teaches. And there's so many life things, and I see God confirm so many things that he's teaching me in life through his word. It's like, whoa, your spirit's been working on me, preparing my heart, and it's right here in your word. <laughs> You're not kidding. That's true. So I want you guys to catch here. He went and he was teaching in the different synagogues. He's preaching the gospel of the kingdom. You guys know that there's good news. There is a kingdom of heaven. And Jesus is that king. And he did healings, all kinds of sicknesses, and all kinds of disease in people. And then later we read in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, what does Jesus say? Come to me. All you who labor and are heaven laden, I will give you rest. How many of you guys are in need of some refreshing? Okay? Your soul's been in tor- turmoil. Jesus says, What? Come to me. So many times we want others to do it for us. You know? If I just do this, if I get enough counseling, if I eat better, if I go on vacation, that's what's going to do it. the emptiness, the things that are deep, the issues of man, our heart, those issues, they go deep. Okay, I feel like the things we try to do, they're like (laughs) Band-Aids. Only God can truly meet and give the rest that our souls really need. And he says, take my yoke upon, upon you and learn from me. So Jesus invites us, learn from me. Are we looking to him? Are we following his example? Or are we trying to fix it ourselves? You know? Hey, Google, (laughs) I'm having a problem with my spouse. My friendship's in turmoil. I just lost my job. I don't want to live anymore. Google, what do you have to say about this stuff? Do you know that's what most people do? Oh, here's a cute little video. Here's an article. Maybe I should try this. Well, that didn't work. Let me look at another Google article and I'll try that. Jesus says, hey... (laughs) If you're burdened, if you're heavy laden, you come to me. I'm going to give you rest. you got to learn from me. And then he tells us who he is. He's, I'm gentle. I'm lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy my burden is light. is that one of the coolest scriptures in the Bible? There's an invitation. Now, I don't know if all of you guys know Jesus this morning. This might be the call of the good news. Come to him. He invites all to come to him. And you can do that. By faith. And I don't know about you guys. How do you guys how many guys like staying in close proximity to Jesus? Okay, you get a little too far away, you feel it instantly, don't you? Woo! <laughs> I need to abide, right? John 15. We need to stay close to him. And that's all he asks us to do. Abide in me. And you're gonna bear much fruit. We just hang with Jesus. But Jesus, have you seen my calendar lately? Life's a little busy. I don't know if I have time to do that. No, he wants to be with us and in everything that is set before us. Wherever we go, he has promised to be with us, never to leave us or forsake us. But it's to be mindful of him and to see him in those things. So Exodus 22, I think we'll finally get there. You guys are preachy this morning. Good stuff. All right. Exodus is in the old part, second book. Again, we're looking at the reality that God sees every human being, and he says, you matter. <laughs> okay, He loves all. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Would you say that's a pretty big, pretty big demonstration of love? <laughs> Absolutely. He cares for all. He desires none to perish. That's his heart. That's his heart. Now, we're going to look at some social justice, um, actually restitution first. Look at verse 22, or chapter 22, verse 1. It says, if a man steals an ox or a sheep and slaughters it or sells it, he shall restore five oxen for an ox um, and four sheep for a sheep. Now, some of you guys might be saying right away, well, <laughs> I don't have an ox. How many of you guys don't have an ox? Does anyone actually have an axe? I want to be your friend. That's so cool. You have an axe? Is that your dog? (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) All right. Verse two it says If a thief is found breaking in and he is struck so and he dies, there shall be no guilt for his bloodshed. But if the sun has risen on him, there shall be guilt for his bloodshed. And he should make full restitution. If he has nothing, then he shall be sold for this theft. And if this theft is certainly found alive in his hand, whether it is an ox or a donkey or a sheep, he shall restore double. And if a man causes a field or a vine or a vineyard to be grazed and he lets loose his animal and he feeds on another man's field, he shall make restitution the best of his own field in the best of his own vineyard. And if fire breaks out and catches on the thorns and is stacked grain, standing grain, and the field is consumed, he who kindled the fire, fi- or fire shall surely make restitution. And if a man delivers to his neighbor money and articles to keep and it is stolen out of the man's house, and if the thief is not found, he shall pay double. And if the thief, or sorry, if the thief is not found, the master of the house shall be brought to the judges to see whether he has put his hand into his neighbor's goods for any kind of trespass, whether... Concerns an ox or a donkey or a sheep or clothing or any kind of lost thing which another claims to be his, the cause of both parties shall come before the judges, and whomever the judges condemn shall pay double to his neighbor. And if a man delivers his neighbor a donkey or an ox or a sheep or an animal to keep and it dies, it or is hurt or is driven away, no one seeing it, then the oath of the Lord shall be between them both that he has not put his hand into his neighbor's goods, and the owner of it shall accept that, and he shall not make it good. But if in fact, it is stolen from him, he shall make restitution to the owner of it, and it is torn to pieces by a beast, and then he shall bring it as, er, as evidence, and he shall not make good that, uh, what was torn. And then verse 14 says, and if a man borrows anything from his neighbor, and it becomes injured or dies, the owner is not being with it, he shall surely make good. Make it good for its owner was with it, and he shall not make it good. And it was hired, it came for its hire. So, restitution is pretty important, isn't it? Okay, well, we don't have these animals. (laughs) What is he talking about? We gotta just gotta understand what God is getting at. Don't we have a lot of court hearings? Things have been wrong. Things weren't paid. Restitution needs to be made because you did something with my stuff. (laughs) Something didn't work out. That's something that we should do. When we consider the Ten Commandments, you should not steal. Right? As Christians, we don't steal. But when you got saved, (laughs) you who did steal, did you go back and make restitution? Did God put that in your heart? I was wrong. I need to repay that. I gotta make that right. And isn't that just the right thing to do? Do you guys see why it's in the heart of God to instruct his people? Hey, restitution is a legitimate thing. You do somebody wrong, it needs to be made right. And that's why he puts authorities in place in judges, because there are things it's just like, well, I feel this way. I think I'm right and they should do this. Well, <laughs> We got some judges in place. (laughs) Let's hear it all, and we'll figure out what's needed. But we just need to be honest, and the Holy Spirit does that for us. He will convict us. He will open our eyes, and we need to be humble enough to say, you know what, you're right, Lord. I did something wrong, and because it was my wrong, I'm going to have to do something about it. Okay, make restitution. It's not, oh, just forgive me. (laughs) Actually do something. Does that make sense? Okay, good. So God cares about that, okay? People's property and what they have. Now we're going to talk about social justice. Whoa, are you allowed to say that? As Christians, are we allowed to care? Absolutely, we see it in the scriptures. Let's take a read here. Verse 16. If a man entices a virgin who is not betrothed and lies with her, he shall surely pay the bride price for her uh, to be his wife, and if her father utterly <laughs> refuses to give her to him, he shall pay the money according to the bride or the bride price of the virgin or virgins. So, I want you guys to be flipping to First Thessalonians here. Um, this is pretty much saying premarital sex is a no-no. That's pretty straightforward, right? Don't have sex before you're married. Who do you have sex with? Your husband or your wife? Period. That's it. Um, And we're going to read what Paul has to say concerning sexual immorality here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. But would you guys say that our society is very sexualized, right? Yeah, it's hard. You know, we don't watch TV at home. Well, we watch TV, but we watch it when you don't have to watch commercials, okay, is a dad of children, I just cannot believe the commercial, like we can be watching a kid's show, and that commercial pops up, really, my children, they can't even, they're not processing, they're not even old enough yet to understand what's happening, you know, and we're pushing it, we're pushing it out on our kids, little kids in school, you know, are, are learning about sex, and it's just like, okay, When is the right age? Because when they're that young, they can't process. That's a hard thing. And then we're teaching our kids, you got to figure out your sexual identity right now. Really? Okay, it's just really messed up. And a big part of it, guys, we're sexually immoral. The world is off kilter. It's even in the church. If you look at pornography as a whole, do you guys know how much money that industry makes? I mean, you can take football, and you like, think about today, how much is being made with the Super Bowl? Okay, You combine baseball and basketball, I think all of them, the porn industry makes more money than all of them put together. That's how sexually perverted we are as a people. So here, God says, no, all people matter. All people matter. These young girls, <laughs> man... Premarital sex, this is not good. This is not right. It's not healthy. Okay? And you guys know if you have sex before married or before you're married, you're almost 60% more likely to divorce. Okay? It's not just God thinks this. This is just what is right and good. And Go figure, God has spoken to those things. So I could speak more. You guys have heard me speak on that before. But what I want to look at with you guys is what Paul pens here for you and I in First Thessalonians. And that's one thing I so love about the New Testament because there's a lot of doctrine, a lot of things that are taught to us, but we see it in the Old Testament played out. As we went through Genesis, didn't we see sexual perversion or sexual immorality? People were murdered as a result of it. Families were torn apart. Curses were given to those families because of it. Okay? And it's one of those things as we study the scriptures, we're taught in the New Testament what's right, but we see all these examples all over the Old Testament. Like, you know what? You're absolutely right, God. So in First Thessalonians chapter 4, uh Paul tells us this finally, then, brethren. So he's wrapping up his short letter to these Thessalonians. He says, Brethren, sister's, we urge you and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more. How many of you guys have that desire? You know, it's good. I want to abound, but I know in Christ there's always more. And we don't want to come short of all that He has. We should be growing to the day we die. Okay? My old lady, who's only 23, (laughs) I've been married to her for over 20 years now. Uh, She was not three years old when we got married. But (laughs) it's one of those things I can say of my wife, okay, she is so much more Christ-like today than when I married her. She's more Christ-like today than just even a year ago. She's growing because God has more, and she understands that. There is more to grow and there's more grace to be had. There's more of Jesus I can learn of and experience. And I don't want any of you guys to ever buy into the lie, hey, I arrived, or I am just what I am. I've plateaued. Guys, we need to finish well. I want to be like the Paul who said in 2 Timothy, I fought the good fight of faith. Man, I finished well. I finished the race and don't we run the hardest at the end? Yeah. It doesn't matter. So many people, oh, I'm retired. I did my part. Man. I just think about this senior living facility that I've been able to hang in, a, in the last couple months and stuff. It's just like, hmm, what if a brother or sister was just there stirring up others to love Jesus, sharing the word of God with them, eating soft, you know, uh, what is it, ice cream, the soft serve ice cream. I can be put in an old folks home someday. I would still so love it. But would have all the ice cream I could have <laughs> and share Jesus with people all day long. <laughs> hey, I brought you a cone. <laughs> By the way, I want to tell you about somebody I know. <laughs> you know? It would be so cool. So wherever the Lord takes us, whatever season we are in life, hey, finish well. Keep shining for Jesus. Keep growing in him. But I want to consider what Paul says then. He says, hey, I want you to abound more and more. And then he goes on to say, just as you received from us, you ought to walk and you ought to please God, okay? So in how we walk, it should be a way that pleases God. I don't know about you guys, but I don't always please God. There are missteps, and I have to repent. I got to apologize to people, okay? I got to submit to God, because there's times I want to be so right. It doesn't matter if I'm right. God, what do you want? What is going to glorify you? Okay, and that's always going to be the loving thing, (laughs) Um, but he says here, hey, you ought to please God in verse 2, for you know what the commandments we gave you through our Lord Jesus Christ. For this is the will of God. How many of you guys want to know what the will of God is? Okay. This is the will of God. Your sanctification. God wants to change you. You've been set apart. He wants to grow you. That you should abstain from what? Soft serve ice cream? Sexual immorality. That's it. You abstain from it. No premarital sex, no pornography, no lusting after your neighbor's wife. You just don't do it. But you don't know, it's hard. I'm wired sexually. Yeah, God created us all. We're all wired sexually. But those things need to be checked and they need to be pure before God. Well, it's so hard. How does that happen? You grow more and more in Christ Jesus. That's how it happens. You abide in him, close proximity, because you're not going to be looking at porn on your computer if you're with Jesus and close to him, are you? Oh, Jesus, close your eyes for a moment. It doesn't work that way. So I encourage you guys, take the commandment of God serious. And we see this written thousands of years ago for us in Exodus. I got to read the rest of chapter four, not the whole thing, but it's so good where Paul takes this. Okay, so he says, oh, I'm a book over now. There it is. Oh, I lost it again. Oh, it's because it's 2 Thessalonians. Paul liked to write letters. All right. Uh, He says in verse four then, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. Okay, and he says, Not in the passion of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one should take advantage of you to defraud his brother in this matter, because the Lord is the avenger, he's the avenger of all such. And as we also forewarned you, and we testified. For God did not call us to uncleanness, but to holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God. Okay? You guys understand there's a rejection of God. God's going to give us everything needed to be sanctified, to be set apart, not be like the world any longer. We can be pure as he is pure. You guys understand that? This isn't, hey, suck it up and stop sinning. (laughs) Do what's right. We can't. Okay? there's so much given about spiritual formation and we have to be so disciplined you're fooling yourself you are going to be walking around with a log in your eye continuing to sin because you can't see what you're actually doing but when you are humble before God and you hear his commands you're going to be able to receive and say God I can't just like I couldn't save myself you save me by your grace and just like I can't walk I'm doing the things I don't want to do as Paul said in Romans seven fifteen, I don't want to do them, but I keep doing them. Guys, you understand that that grace that saved us is the same grace that we need daily. Grace upon grace. And that's the grace we grow in. And we need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives to walk in that victory. But you're not going to have that victory unless you're in that relationship, that sweet spot of staying close to him. It's not the rules and the regulations. Sometimes when we're tripping and we're sinful and we just keep giving into the temptations, I need to read more books. I need more safeguards. I, I need accountability. I need more rules, more regulations. Then I'll be able to do it. What you need is to stay close to Jesus. Stay close to him. Come to me. Your soul needs rest. This is a heavy burden. Come to me. Yoke yourself with me. And I will see you through this. So, what does Paul tell us then in verse 9? Now concerning brotherly love, uh, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves, you're taught by God to love one another. And indeed, you sow towards all the brethren who are in all Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren that you increase more and more, that you also aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, to work with your own hands as we have commanded, that you may walk properly towards those who are outside, that you may lack nothing. I don't want you guys to come short of what God has. I don't want to see you lacking anything. But this is what the word of God teaches us. Jesus is the key. He is it, and he has a heart for all people because everyone matters to him, everyone. And it is one of those things. How can you honor somebody? You know, hey, don't be having sex with them before marriage. (laughs) Wait till marriage. Honor them. Honor everybody. So let's go back to Exodus because he's got a few more people groups that he's going to bring up here. Is that clock right? Is it really only 10.30? (laughs) We're doing good. This is awesome. All right. Look at verse 18. You should not permit a sorceress to live. And whoever lives or lies with an animal shall surely be put to death. That's bestiality. And he who sacrifices to any God, that would be false worship, right? Except the Lord only, (laughs) he shall be utterly destroyed. Would you guys say there's false worship today? We just considered sexuality a little bit. It's gotten so perverse, bestiality is actually a thing. Okay? And it is a big thing. And God says no. That is just so wrong. And we know it's wrong, but people are into that. Sorcery. You guys know that's a big thing there's a lot of wiccans in the valley i love sharing jesus with people and i've met a good handful of people who are practicing satanic stuff they're into spells they're into witchcraft this stuff is real it's in our schools okay there's a lot of young kids yeah i know youth kids they've been a part of these things what's going well (laughs) that stuff isn't real that was just back then we don't deal with that today and I want to warn you guys, because most of the kids who get into being witches, the Wiccan stuff, it's like 90-some percent come out of Christian homes. And why is that? Because Christian kids are already open to the supernatural. They know there is a God. They're, they know that Satan's real and that there are demons. And Satan is powerful. He's the God of this age. Okay? And he wants to fool people. He wants to kill and destroy. And he's after our kids, guys. And we need to be on the watch for that. And that's why God takes this very serious when it talks about sorcerers. This is not to be. Bestiality, not to be. That's a perversion. And false worship, is false worship good for anybody? There's one living God, and we are to worship him and him alone. Isn't that the first commandment? But we look at a world who is worshiping other gods. Well, aren't they all the same, God? No. No. Well, aren't there two million or billion Muslims on the world? Don't they have the same God as us? All is not the God of the Bible. You guys can read the Quran. There's not one fulfilled prophecy, and that's one thing that God said, hey, you're going to know that I am God. I'm the only one who can tell the future. And there's hundreds of fulfilled prophecies here. We know this is supernatural. We know this is from God. But do you guys know what the one unforgivable sin is for the Muslim? is to say that God has a son and that he died on a cross. Islam is a right out attack on the gospel. That is all it is. It is false worship that is coming against the true and living God. And that's just one of many hundreds of thousands of different beliefs in the world today. There can only be one truth and one way. Didn't Jesus say, I'm the way, the truth, and the life? No one gets to the Father except through me. And if you don't believe that, you're calling Jesus a liar, and I would not want to be you standing before God someday. Liar. <laughs> what are you going to say then? And that's why God says you're not to worship any other gods. Do not buy into the lie. And that is the lie today. Oh, there's many paths to God. How many of you guys have heard that? How many of you guys have had arguments with other people about that. Well, if you're just a good person, you can get in. How many cults are out there? You just have to be a part of this cult. What does God say? This is eternal life. That you know the one and true living God in Jesus Christ whom we sent. That's eternal life. If you have a boast, we read this at men's uh, study in Jeremiah this last Thursday. If you're going to boast or glory in anything, what are we to glory in, Wes? You remember? <laughs> that he understands and knows God. That's what we glory in. That's our boast. I actually know Jesus. That is all that matters, guys. This life is short. And again, I told you, the most important day of your life is what? The day you put your faith in Christ. It's the only thing that matters. So let's go to Romans 12 real quick. We'll just camp on this false teaching a little bit more, or false worship. Because we are to worship the true and living God. Do we do this just some of the time? Or when we feel like it? Or hey, I think I can make it to church once this month. You guys know you're not saved by going to church, right? But it's one of those things people prioritize. Like, oh, I think I can fit God in a little bit here. No. God's every day of our lives. He is with us. Did I say Romans 12? That's the good one. They're all good. Man. He says in chapter 12, I beseech you therefore, so he's saying, hey, I I beg you brothers and sisters by the mercies of God that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. This is what we ought to do, right? Because he goes on to say we should be wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Well, what is reasonable for me as a believer? Be a living sacrifice. I'm on the altar God my life is yours whatever you want right? and do not be conformed to the world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God and you guys can read the rest of chapter 12 later today because it goes on to really flesh that out what should we be doing what can we do as a living sacrifice how do we use the things God's given us how do we relate to others Okay, but the call is hey (laughs) you're the temple of the living God. you guys know that? The Holy Spirit lives in you. And we should live in such a manner, shouldn't we? Man, I'm a sacrifice. I've died to self. It's all for you, Christ, and unto him. So I think that's when we find ourselves in a safe place of not worshiping false gods. Okay when we're living a life of sacrifice. Because when we're living for self, okay, I've, I've seen it, and you guys probably could say, yeah, I see it too. There's a lot of people that are in this self-help. There's a prosperity gospel that's being preached that's very unbiblical, okay? They're making Jesus out to be somebody he's not. Because God has revealed himself to us. His word is very clear And if you're making Jesus to be something that he's not declared, that's false word. It's another Jesus. And Galatians talks to us very clearly about that and warns us, okay? Don't fall into another gospel. Don't let anyone bewitch you. We stand in grace. We started in grace. We're gonna finish in the grace of God. So back to Exodus. And again, even as we share these other references i want you guys to see it comes back around caring and understanding that god does love all and all matter to him let's look here now because he's going to lay out for us starting in verse 21 some different protections for different people groups and he tells us here you shall neither mistreat a stranger We have a lot of strangers around us. I could say of most of my neighbors, they're strangers. I've lived there 17 years, and there's still a lot of strangers that live right by me. But he says, you should not oppress him, okay? For we were strangers in the land of Egypt. And you shall not afflict the widow or the fatherless child. Do you guys know that God has a heart for the widow? Okay? A lot of times people, hey, church, help. I need this. I need that. The church says, hey, you take care of the widows and the poor. That's the heart of God. You guys remember when the Apostle Paul was meeting with the other apostles there in Jerusalem? Hey, I'm feeling called to the Gentile world to bring the gospel. They didn't give him a bunch of rules and regulations, laws, things he had to do. Hey, just remember the poor brother Paul. (laughs) Go. And then we write in his letters, hey, Take care of the poor. <laughs> it's also in my heart to take care of the poor. And why could Paul say that? Because it was in the heart of his heavenly father. This is the heart of God. You take care of the widow. You take care of the fatherless. This weekend, we got to do a little mini retreat with Pastor Lance and Lydia. We've been waiting to get together with them to really have some just time together, not just all business. And guys, we are so blessed to have those guys here, a part of our church family. They are so legit. They love God's people. They love our youth. They care about every one of them. They know what's going on in each and every one of their lives. Just the shepherding hearts that God's given these two is awesome. And they were telling us on March uh, 10th, 11th, and 12th, they're going to go up, and you guys know they do a lot of service weeks at Silver Birch. And the biggest camp they have all year long is for families that have adopted kids or are fostering kids where the whole families can come to, the kids are ministered to, mom and dads are encouraged and trained in how to deal because those are hard situations. For you guys who've done any foster care adoption, you know how hard that can be on families and stuff. And they said for our youth group, this is the best thing that we've done. The kids, are, we're all stretched, but it's the heart of God. Why would they go and just give themselves to serve all weekend long It's because God has a heart for the fatherless. He cares for the orphan. And it's so cool that our kids are being taught the heart of God through that. It's not about us going and having a fun retreat for ourselves. No, we're going to go and serve others. And I want to encourage you guys. I might have them share next week a little bit about that coming up because there's a lot of logistics to that and some of you older high school students will be able to partake in that. But it's so cool. Why do they have such a passion and excitement about that weekend at Silver Birch? Because this is part of the Father's heart. Do you guys get that? He cares for the poor. That's why we get jazzed about the food pantry (laughs) because God cares for the poor. What does your church do? What programs do you have? Why don't you have a midweek service? You're one of the better teachers around you should be teaching more. Well if you want to serve you can come serve on Wednesday night that's our way midweek service okay why because that's in the heart of God. you take care of the poor And what do you what does he go on to tell us and he says and if you afflict them in any way and they cry at all to me, I will surely hear their cry and my wrath will become hot. See God's taking this serious, isn't he? Okay, it will become hot and I will kill you, and, or with the sword, and your wives shall be widows and your children fatherless. And then he says, If you lend money to any of my people who are poor among you, you shall not be like the money lenders to him, you shall not charge him interest. And if you ever take your neighbor's garments as a pledge, you shall return it to him before the sun goes down. For that is the only covering, uh, for that is his only covering, and it is his garment for his skin. And what will you sleep in? And it will be that when he cries to me, I will hear, for I am gracious. You guys catch that? I am gracious. Let's go to Luke. We got time. Go to Luke 6. This is where Jesus lays out very clearly his heart and what we should do for those who ask. In chapter 6, verse 27. What Jesus is speaking to here, it's not just the poor, but he's taking it a whole other step. These are people that we could even consider our enemies. And I still want you to love and even serve them, Okay. Are you guys getting in the heart of God? Even our enemies, God cares about. He tells us here in verse 27, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who spitefully use you. To him who strikes you on the cheek, offer him the other one also. And from him who takes your cloak, didn't we just read about this? Right? Who takes your cloak, Do not withhold your tunic too, give them more. And give to everyone who asks of you and from who takes away your goods, do not ask for them back. And just as you want want men to do for you, you also must do for them likewise. But if you love those who love you, hey, what credit do you have? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those who or whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive much back. But love your enemies, do good, and lend hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore, merciful. Be merciful just as your Father also is merciful. Again, as he gives us these laws, we got to catch his heart, and this is the heart of God. Okay? Hey, he's promised to take care of us. Well, if I sacrifice and I give... Don't you know that I'm on a budget and I don't have much to give? (laughs) You know? Well, is God going to provide? Is he going to take care of us? If the Holy Spirit is prompting you to give, to serve, you just do it. You trust him. Our mentality is, hey, if I have a little bit extra, then I'll be generous. That's not generosity at all. God says, hey, I want you to be generous to the widow, to the poor, and even to your enemies. Okay? I have a reward. We're not to store up treasures here on earth, guys. It's just going to rot. Malls are going to eat it up, (laughs) okay? Store up treasures in heaven. We need to be about our Father's business, and we need to grasp his heart. And sometimes that is a bigger sacrifice than even just throwing money at a problem. I think the Western church is really good at that. Oh, they need help? Here's a few bucks. What does it look like to actually come alongside somebody that's going through it? and actually walk with them through it. Because sometimes it's not actually money they need. They need somebody to help them, basic life skills. There's a reason why you've been poor, why you're broken, why you have the heartache in your life. You need to change some things. It'd be easier just to give you money, but actually to walk with you and teach you and help you to learn those things, that's a bigger sacrifice, I think, for many than throwing money. Would you guys agree? So again, if the Holy Spirit's leading you and you see you need to follow his leading. Now again, we can't help everybody, okay? I get There's weeks where I get several calls of some pretty big ass, you know? You can't help everybody. <laughs> but if the Spirit of God is prompting you and saying, hey, you need to step into this, you just do it, amen? All right. Let's go back to Exodus 22. Now you guys only have 10 minutes. Let's see what happens. We'll do one verse then. (laughs) Verse 28. Oh, this is a good one. You should not revile God. Would you guys say amen to that? Nor curse a ruler of your people. We were at a church where my son was playing basketball this last week. And my, Can I share this, Sonny? Okay, I married a redhead. Uh, she got pretty fired up. There were a couple trucks in the parking lot there that said, let's go Brandon, like huge, okay? I actually didn't know what that meant. I know who it's about and what I thought it meant was actually not what it meant because I had to clarify, like, what is that? Where did that come from? And she shared, and my heart sunk. I didn't know that that was actually the meaning behind it, okay? We may not like our rulers, okay? Um, You may even look at some of those people who are in authority and, like, they've all been yahoos. I don't know your take on it. Maybe you like them. That's fine. Whatever. Regardless, we don't slander them. We honor the king. There's a lot of men that I do not have respect for, but God has told me to respect them. And God has changed my heart in a way, all right? I may not like them, but I'm going to respect them, and you've asked me to pray for them, so I will pray for them. Lord, obviously, I don't think they know you. And even though they're making some really bad choices, you love them. You died for him, too. And he or she needs wisdom to lead because what's going on doesn't look like a whole lot of wisdom. Would you grant them insight? Would you bring believers around them? Do you guys know how cool Daniel was? He was just a slave in Babylon. But God used this man that loved him to speak truth and to be light to the rulers of the land. you guys ever pray that God would just bring that light into those places. And I'm not just talking on the hill in DC. The two hundred and fifty-three there that make many decisions for us. But do we pray about the school board here in Kakana or wherever city you're at for those people, for our mayors, you know, your pastor, you know, whoever is in that pray. God, give them wisdom. Reveal yourself to them if they don't know you may they come to know you why well let's take a read in exodus chapter 22 verse 28 you shall not revile god yeah nor curse a ruler of your people so you may have really strong feelings but i don't want to see a let's go brandon sign in our church parking lot because what is that going to say to the world oh that's a christian They slander those in authority. That's just like the world, guys. You guys understand? That's all the world does. I have a hard time voting. I vote, but I don't even know what I'm really voting for because all I ever hear is where everybody's wrong. Could I actually just hear what a person's actually for? What are they actually going to do? You know, that would help my voting. So I vote, to the best of my knowledge. But at the end of the day, I don't know who's going to be in office. Most of the time, it's never the person I'd like to see in there. (laughs) But that's who it is, and you pray for them. Amen? Why? Because it's not what your pastor thinks. It's the heart of God, and we need to rightly represent him. You guys can talk politics. I think that's good. I think Christians need to be engaged, but we don't slander, okay? God is above that, and we need to follow his lead in that. And we have a hope because there's a lot of people putting hope in politics. We need to be involved, but that's not what's going to save us. We need to be turning to Jesus. So share the hope that we have, guys, in his ways. Oh, that's why we have to be involved. You guys know that we are to be a pillar of truth in society? First Timothy 3.15, that's the church's call. We need to be speaking truth. Because the world, man, they're doing no. I don't know if they know what they're doing. They're over here one day, and then they're over here. Anyways, enough talk on that. Verse 29, we got to wrap it up. Check this out. It says, you shall uh, not delay to offer the first of your ripe produce or your juices. The first. Well, if I have leftovers, then I'll offer. No, the first. And then he goes on and says, the firstborn of your sons you shall give to me. Wow. Do you think God wants us to give our kids to the Lord? Lucky. (laughs) Yep. So if you guys don't like me, it's her fault. The firstborn of your sons you shall give to me. Look at verse 30. And likewise, you shall do with your oxen and your sheep, and it shall be uh, with its mother seven days, and on the eighth day you shall give it to me. You guys know that the firstborn children will be circumcised on the eighth day? The eighth day is a significant thing to God. And then verse 31, and it says, And you shall be holy men to me, and you shall not eat meat Torn by a beast in the field, and you shall throw it to the dogs. So everyone matters to God, even to the point, hey, this animal has been ravaged by other animals. You can get sick. I don't want you to have anything to do with that. Okay, It's just good. There's things that God has spoken in his law to protect us. Do you guys know during the Black Plague, killed millions of people, they blamed the Jewish people for that? You know what the Jewish people had? The Torah. And the Torah told the Jewish people, you guys are to wash your hands with running water. That is something they did and the rest of the world didn't do. God knew, okay? Science is always backing up the Bible. It's so cool. Hey, this is going to protect you. And that's why the Jews weren't dying during the Black Plague. So you guys catching here, everybody matters to God. There's one scripture I want to conclude with in first or actually yeah it is first timothy or maybe it's second timothy it's a chapter one of one of them i'll find it quick because when it talks about committing your firstborn to the lord that's a big ask right it's like okay i can understand my goods okay my animals but now we're talking my kids (laughs) really god well i want to encourage you guys When God says for us to commit them to the Lord, if you look in 2 Timothy, it is, sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. There it is. I have it highlighted. And this is something that we see happen here at church. We do baby dedication. Someone has a baby, and hey, mom and dad want to dedicate them to the Lord. We're going to give them to you, Lord, okay? It says in verse 12, for... This reason I also suffer these things. Nonetheless, I'm not ashamed. For, he says, I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded. So Paul is saying this. Hey, I believe this hardcore. He says that he, speaking of God, is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. Do you guys trust God enough to say, hey, (laughs) even my kids those that I love more than any other, I am willing to commit to you because I trust you with them. I trust that you love them more than I will ever love them. I trust that you're going to be a better dad to them than I ever could be. I'm going to commit them to you and I believe that you are faithful, that you are able to keep that which I've committed to you. Amen? And that's not just our kids, guys. That's our lives also. Have you committed your life to Jesus? Do you believe that he is able to keep you? Absolutely. Down to the littlest things in lives. (laughs) You know, there's a lot of stuff we have. Do we commit it to him? Have your way. So, a couple closing thoughts, guys. God's word, it teaches us how to live in community. That's part of chapter 22 here. A lot of people, how, we, you know, how do we get along? What should it look like? What's our parts? Do you guys see here? God cares about all people, okay? And there's some simple guidelines on how we can actually get along and work together. And we also see, and I hope you guys caught this going through it because it came up over and over again, that life is more important than possessions, Did you guys catch that? Life is more important than possessions. Um, I'll save that for next week. That's so rad. I thought it was cool a few weeks back when Damar Hamlin dropped literally dead on the field. Okay? There was a game going on on a Monday night in the NFL, and it had playoff implications. And we in America are really about football big time. This is a big deal. He dropped on the field because his heart stopped. And praise God, they were able to resuscitate him right there. There were trainers right on the spot immediately. Praise God for that. But I so loved, because the game, are they going to get back on the field? Are they going to keep playing? And I so loved that, hey, life matters more than football because there are a lot of people who believe life is football. It really isn't, guys. Life matters to God. And did you guys catch what happened all around that? People were praying. We don't pray. We don't talk about praying. Oh, our thoughts and feelings and best wishes are with you. Whoop-de-doo. Guys dying on the field, we all know there's a God And we know in this situation, he's the only one that can do something. Life matters, let's pray. I thought that was pretty cool. I don't know if you guys thought that was cool. That was cool. But I want you guys to keep that in mind, okay? Life matters more than the Super Bowl tonight. Life matters more than what we're trying to get out of this life, the stuff, the possessions. God cares about all people. That's why we've been made in his image, right? Okay, he saw all the stuff he created. It was good. But he made man in his likeness. Guys, we all bear the image of God. And we need to look at each other in that way. Every single person has worth. And let's be mindful of that. No matter who walks through the doors of this church building, God loves them. I don't know why they're here today. I don't know what they're going through but they are valued by God. And we need to care for each other. We need to see people, okay? It doesn't matter how old they are, if they're just little children, all matter to God, amen? So Father, we are grateful for your word. Thank you so much for this time this morning that we're able to learn from you. And we wanna be in that spot where we are teachable, that we're catching your heart and your ways. God, we want to be doers of your word and not hearers only. God, and I know that there's times that we can be stubborn about things. There's things that we're holding tightly to that you're asking us to give and commit to you. We want to be quick to do so because we know you are good. We know that you have good in view. God, that you have purposes and plans for each and every one of us. and we would pray for our church family here that we would really care, God, as we do life together, that we would be encouraging one another well and praying for each other intentionally. Father, that we would be built up, that we would be able to really be about your business. God, loving the poor, taking care of the widow, sharing the good news of the kingdom. (laughs) That you're the king, Jesus. This world needs to know. They need to hear. And all we want to say is, Lord, use us, God, even in our limitations. And we know we got a lot of them. But we do believe, Lord, you'll take whatever and you'll exceed it. God, so please, get the glory. Use us in whatever ways you would want. Help us to keep loving you, the one true living God, and to love others well. Even our enemies, God. God, you've asked us to do that and we trust your promises God you're faithful to them and I pray that you give a grace to each one of my brothers and sisters to really step into those promises to be believing we ask in your name Jesus Amen Thanks for listening in today to Freedom Fellowship We hope you were blessed by the teaching of God's word If so, would you please take a minute like us, subscribe, and leave a review. This is a free way we can reach others with His Word. You can watch video teachings of sermons on our website, Come cometofreedom.com. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace.